Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps and is also on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're also pleased to announce that Raycon is now also a part of things. So, DraftKings and Raycon are now a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. They're sponsoring us, so wonderful news. With that, I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show it is a great pleasure to be back on Birdie once again today. The sun is shining here on Thursday morning in Golden Valley, Minnesota. Nice to have. Like the, the weather is still cold, but at least you get the sun shining. And unfortunately, we're in the all-star break and the, the bye or whatever the heck. It's like a combination of things. So no Minnesota Wild Hockey for about a week. But at least we have games to review and games to preview. And we'll be able to consistently still do the show that way. Just not as busy, per se, with games, which is okay, I guess. It's kind of like a little bit of a break for me, I suppose. Purple Mafia is not going to be on this week unless there's huge news. Obviously, that's uh, a Minnesota Vikings show I do. And, of course, uh, it's Pro Bowl week. We don't really talk about the Pro Bowl that much on on podcasts. I guess some people do, but I don't know. Um, Yeah, so with that said, let's try to get right into it. What do we have? Two games to review, two games to preview. So that's always fun. Next week it'll be two. Yeah, whatever it is. We'll, We'll get to it when it matters most. Philadelphia and Buffalo both winning uh, 3-2, to two, and Marc-Andre Fleury in the net for both games. Uh, Gustafson struggled a little bit in his last few games, so and, and that's fine. Uh, we'll see if the Wild go three wins, three losses, three wins, three losses. It's been a weird trend lately, but uh, that's why the last episode was called Three Up, Three Down. Dallas Stars in first place at Winnipeg is breathing right down their back right now. 65 points. Dallas at 66, if I didn't say that. Minnesota, 58. Colorado breathing down our back. With 57, we both have played the same amount of games, but uh, four less games than Winnipeg and three less than Dallas. Okay, so there's your cute little game in hand argument that we could have forever. Minnesota's built a solid lead over St. Louis, thankfully, and have played three less games. That helps as well. A nine-point lead over the St. Louis Blues. But you still got Nashville to worry about, Colorado to worry about. Calgary's kind of a mess. It's a weird mess what's going on there. I think they've underachieved during the course of this season. I don't think there's really... A whole lot of doubt about that. Uh, it's probably the coaching at this stage, as good as uh, Daryl Sutter's been throughout his career. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's like a Mike Zimmer now in terms of uh, hockey coaches. 
It just might kind of be, and like, get off my lawn. That's what I've been hearing about on the uh, on the um, fireside chat, basically. That's a Calgary Flames podcast that's been around for quite a while. Yeah, that he's kind of turned into a get-off-my-lawn, you know, type of guy who doesn't necessarily want uh, young guys out there, which is not the smartest thing you can do. Let's get to the Philadelphia game. So, yeah, I'm going to kind of bounce around a little bit sometimes when it comes to, like, looking around the league a little bit. But, of course, we'll probably get plenty of uh, interaction in fan interaction segment. We're going to have that once again. And, of course, we're going to debut the Raycon uh, ad on this show. That should be in between the second and third segment. I'm going to probably do DraftKings in between first and second. Well, basically the start of second segment. And then Raycon will lead into uh, the fan interaction segment. That's probably how I'm going to do that kind of split them up. You don't want them back-to-back, and you probably don't want the show to start with an an ad. I've heard complaints about that in the past with other shows. Now, the the, the little national ones that get put in at the beginning, those are okay because they're usually not real long and all that, but for the host to kind of just jump into an ad before the show starts, it's probably really annoying. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, Raycon, hey, I I have Raycons, and I'll talk about that as well. I actually have them, so it's easy to do an ad for them. Philadelphia Flyers, of course, general managed by Chuck Fletcher and coached by uh, John Tortorella, Mr. F-U-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F, usually in his press conferences, particularly with the New York Rangers. 2021-9, seventh place in the Metropolitan Division, but still one of the better logos and, and uniforms in NHL history. Yes, I'm saying it. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I, I mean, I'm not being sarcastic. It's, it's real. Uh, Philadelphia was up one to nothing. Somebody named Noah Cates was able to get his first goal, but Boldy, a couple of goals in this one, his 30 and 31st goals of his career, and actually a very interesting statistic about that is that he is the youngest player in Minnesota Wild history to get to that, uh, to get his, to his 30 and 31st goals since Marion Gabrick. So a lot of people that might not be super high on Matt Boldy at the moment because maybe they're not seeing this, they're not seeing that. It's interesting, interesting. So at least you have that to, to uh, we have that to go on with Matt Boldy uh, on the positivity side of things. So very interesting. I mean, I can understand maybe he doesn't dazzle necessarily, but he certainly has been a heck of a lot better the past few weeks. It's safe to say he was pretty invisible for like a month or so there. It was kind of weird, um, you know, and along with other players, I'm sure, throughout the roster that are always invisible. Uh, Greenway, the friendly ghost, that's probably his new nickname on this show. Greenway, the friendly ghost, the friendliest ghost, you'll know. Okay, sorry, Tony D'Angelo was one of the better uh, defensemen out there, fantasy guy. Yep, he actually found his way on my fantasy team over the course of the season, and he's probably going to stay. Um, it's an okay roster, and... I don't know, like, Tortorella is kind of the kind of guy that's just going to, he's going to get the most out of his players and this and that, but it's going to be kind of that grinded out style. It's not going to be anything spectacular. Um, Carter Hart was kind of thrown to the wolves a little too early. It's, it's too bad because he looked like an absolute phenom. Uh, Fleury obviously was a goaltending phenom, becoming a number one overall pick in the draft and having a hell of a career for the most part, except choking in the playoffs a lot throughout his career. Throughout his career, I just said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, Mad Boldy three-point game. He was a part of all three goals, including the spectacular Matt Zuccarello between the legs, spectacular in overtime. That was awesome, absolutely awesome. Uh, Drew Erickson did not find his way on the score sheet. Brandon Duhame's been insanely quiet. Connor DeWer, Jordan Greenway is what he is. He's Greenway, the friendly ghost. Um, but, um, again, Spurgeon, Addison finding their way in the scorer's sheet. <clears throat> we really appreciate that. Dumbo looks like an absolute mess. Uh, turning the puck over, what, four times 
and looking like again you <laughs> I I heard that uh, there was a part where uh, Tom Reed during the radio broadcast said what was he what is he looking at like he's just kind of standing there and confused looking so it's kind of sad like what are we going to get for Dumba it's like is he turning into like a Mike Riley level defenseman when Mike Riley was on Minnesota he got better magically after he left and I'm sure Dumba will too which is too bad um because really you know from Boudreaux to to uh Dean Evison they're they're both frustrated with Matt Dumba uh, obviously they love his personality a good guy and all that um <laughs> doing a standing up for this standing up for that that's his uh uh, you know, he's giving his opinion, which is, you know, that's a that's America. Um, but generally speaking, it's <laughs> generally speaking, he's been he's just he's he's fallen off the face of the earth. It's safe to say. So it's not about hating on Dumba. It's just facing the facts. He's fallen off the face of the earth. He truly has. Um, Sam Steele. A lot of people are like, you know, a. Uh, a fairly popular a Twitter account that uh, does does a show on one of the uh, popular show feeds out there. <laughs> we'll say was like Sam Steele, hockey player. You know, like Sam Steele, period, hockey player. Like, okay, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's a hockey player. That doesn't necessarily mean he's a super good hockey player, though, does it? Um, and he's been Steele, the friendly ghost. <laughs> I mean, I'll... I'll <laughs> Put me in the put me in the camp that just wants Sammy Walker up here. Whether it's for Greenway, whether it's for um, whoever Mason Shaw, I don't know. I mean Mason Shaw, unfortunately, has been the thirteenth forward for quite a while now. Uh, Ryan Hartman was scratched in this game because of how he played like dog dookie basically for quite a while, obviously, and he got the that just you know he got the stupid stupid you know <laughs> quotes from uh, <clears throat> Dean Hevison. Alex Goligoski's been the seventh defense in most of the season, much to his chagrin, I'm sure, but it's his age. It, it's his age. It, it just is what it is. He's kind of an insurance policy at this stage. Um, would have liked to have seen him in Hockey Minnesota. It's kind of been a tradition. A Minnesota player ends up being a hero. The Wild tend to win those games in overtime, and uh, it's uh, it's often been a Minnesota player winning it one way or another. It's kind of cool, but it did go to overtime. <clears throat> Both of these games went to overtime. The Wild did cough up points, but fortunately for us, these points that were given to the teams that did not win, thankfully, are in the Eastern Conference, so it doesn't affect us at all. It doesn't, um, unless somehow we go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals and us giving them a point, you know, put them in the playoffs and they beat us in the Cup Final, you know, some magic run. But yeah, what what are the odds of all that happening? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I didn't think the Vikings were going to make the greatest comeback in NFL history either. But, boy, that sure meant a whole lot a month later, didn't it? Boy, it meant a lot. Oh, God. It it was a it jump-started this team to the Super Bowl run of the ages. We got past Phil. Yeah, we didn't get past the first round even. <laughs> so, um, speaking of Philadelphia, yes, I'm on the Eagles side because I cannot stand the Chiefs. And Travis Kelsey made an absolute ass of himself at the end of that game. I'm sorry. You might think that's cool. You might think I'm an old curmudgeon. I'm an old curmudgeon. Yeah, fine. I'm an old curmudgeon. Travis Kelsey made an ass of himself. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we don't see a whole lot of that kind of jackass attitude at the end of hockey games. It's pretty rare. Thank God. I mean, you thought he was at a frat party. And, and he's like, you know, you, you thought he's some 19-year-old 
dip bleep, dip shit. Okay, I'll, I'll use the word. Uh, you know, at some frat party. You know, obviously, like, underage drinking and making a lot of noise. That's pretty much what he acted like. Now that I got that off my chest, because <laughs> I had to, just looking at the word Philadelphia made me think about all that, so I apologize. Fly, Eagle, fly. Just for one, just for two weeks, I'm an Eagles fan, because I can't stand the Chiefs, and I can, can't stand the Eagles either, but I can uh, be a fan of theirs for just two weeks, temporarily. Um, <clears throat> but the Minnesota Wild do get the job done. Zuccarello, obviously one of the better goals of the season. Between the legs of the defender into the net, that was awesome. And Boldy somehow was able to get an assist along with Kalen Addison along with that. So, a fun game, a frustrating game, but a fun game. I mean, they, the Philadelphia managed to muck it up pretty good, but Marc-Andre Fleury made the saves he needed to. Um, obviously, no, nobody's perfect, but he, he made the saves he needed to. <clears throat> and similarly, and more impressively, versus a much better offense in the Buffalo Sabres, who unfortunately don't have the best record ever because of oh, kind of a, a crappy start to the season, but we'll see. Uh, there's there's still a chance. Maybe maybe they're the team that's going to go all the way to the Cup final. <laughs> so you, you never know. I mean, crazy things have happened, right? Apologize, I was about to snap here as this uh, <laughs> was not loading. I don't know if Yahoo had some kind of hiccup or whatever, or my actual internet, so I apologize to you. Buffalo Sabres wearing wearing the better uniforms. I'm sorry. Yep, and I know, yep, and, and it's okay. You can you can like the, the rebrand look or the, uh, well, the retro rebrand. And the cool part about it is it does take you back in time. That's the good part. Even if you don't like the look, I like the classic Buffalo Sabres look more. It's, it's funny how the, the, the quote-unquote modern ones, the ones they wear at most of the games now, is actually more retro than the reverse retro. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it is in a lot of ways. Maybe it's a more modernized version of the original look of the Buzzball Sabres, but it still, to me, appears classic, like the Pat LaFontaine days, So, which is what I'm talking about. When I, when I think about retro Buffalo, I think about Pat uh, LaFontaine more than I think about uh, Dominic Hasek and uh, Miroslav Shatan, guys like that. Um, if I said the name correctly, but Shatan, either way, uh, it was a it was a very 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 good team, and it was the glory years of the Buffalo Sabers. Unfortunately, even though they had some really good teams in the early '90s, if I remember correctly, they had some dangerous teams. They gave the the, the North Stars hell sometimes. They, they're pretty tough. Back back then, I remember thinking that team's pretty good. You know, guys like Pat LaFontaine, obviously. But um, now they're kind of good again. Finally, it took you know 20 years, 23 years, but they're finally good again. And I'm a big fan. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin had a goal disallowed at the end of the second period that would have given the Sabres the lead because it just didn't cross the the line fast enough. It was a good goal otherwise, but he ran out of time, laddie. He ran out of time. The Wild kept Casey Middlestead off the board, kept Alex Tuck off the board, kept Tage Thompson off the board. I mean, stuff like that. Good goaltending by Marc-Andre Fleury and good defense in front of him. The Wild did uh, not dominate, but we did... Uh, we did well in the puck possession battle, we'll say. Uh, did manage 35 shots on goal against Lukanen, who'd made the All-Star team, apparently. <laughs> he, had a, he had a great game as well. It was a nice goalie duo. Both of them only gave up two goals in the game, but uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was a little bit better in the shootout, and Frederick Goudreau was fantastic. Obviously, uh, Lukanen gave up goals to uh, multiple players in that shootout. Uh, obviously, Zuccarello and Freddie Goudreau with a with a beautiful play, obviously. Kirill Kaprizov with that flip that he does that is just incredible. Um, so it was pretty much as easy as one, two, three. Uh, Lukin, and I can imagine the frustration, but that's how it goes. Sam Steele, are you ready for a ready for a big shock? No points. No points. Matt Boldy, 
Well, unfortunately, no points after a great uh, Philadelphia game. So that's how that goes. Ryan Hartman returns and was he was Ryan Hartman basically without uh, as many <laughs> without as many infractions at least. I'm trying to remember, did he get a penalty? I don't think he did. No, he did not. So he stayed out of the box at the very least. Wild actually, generally speaking, pretty good in that category in this game. Dang, only counters were right. Well, I'll be daggone. Yep, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, that's amazing. So, wonderful job staying out of the box for the Minnesota Wild. And Buffalo had, what, four penalties in the game. Only one for Minnesota in the whole game. So, maybe maybe the refs are favoring the Wild. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Greenway, as usual, nothing. But, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> can only bash on people too much, I suppose. But there's always room for bashing. <laughs> Equal opportunity <laughs> basher, right? Jewel, Jewel, Jewel Erickson Eck was able to get yet another goal, and he's on pace for 69 points. He's actually maintained that pace. Boldy's on pace for about 61 now, so he's a little ahead of where he was earlier when a lot of us were thinking, is he really, you know, is he really somebody you want to sign for this amount of money and stuff like that? People were kind of worried about that, but I personally believe it's going to work out. I personally believe it does. Mostly as long, as long as he stays healthy, there's something there. And again, the the complaint that's been going on during the course of the season is obviously again. I mean, it's like he's it's like he's playing on a third line when you consider who he's playing with. You have what what Hartman and Goudreau. That's not going to get it done. So <laughs> when when he's out there on the power play with the Kaprizovs of the world, it's like a completely different. He's a completely different player. So obviously with Kevin Fiala, completely different player. He looked like a future star in the league, like an 80 point guy. It's pretty much what he played at, uh, in 80-point pace. Um, so obviously, it's a damn shame that that's how that thing went. Uh, Fiala's on pace for, what, 85, I believe, with the Kings this year, and he made the All-Star team. So, again, good for him. We'll be able to get to see him play. If you uh, actually want to watch the All-Star events, I don't know. Most of us don't. But uh, the skills competitions can be fun, though. It can be, but, yeah, it can be. <laughs> Sometimes it's not that great either. The one position, though, I think that is obviously worse for anybody in the All-Star game, it's the goalie, and it's been that way forever. It's a firing squad one way or another, whether it's 5-on-5 five five back in the Gretzky and Gretzky, Lemieux, and Brett Hull and all those guys going up against uh, Ed Belfort and Tom Barrasso or something like that. It, it is what it is, but I mean, you know, when the final score is something like 9-8, nine to nine to eight, it's like, yeah, you're, you're just butchering the goalies out there. And then they come back and they're not as good. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> Carolina... It's Buffalo. I'm, I have to look at this real quick. Apologize for. Yeah, they are. So they have multiple. Uh, I thought they did. They have multiple kind of reverse retro looks this year. They're wearing like white versions with the classic colors with that uh, rebrand Buffalo logo. Interesting. I don't like it. <laughs> no, I, it's okay. Actually, I, it's okay. I won't say I don't like it, but they look kind of like. Um, I don't know. What do they look like? something else. They look like something else. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Maybe like an AHL team kind of, but that's okay. AHL teams are totally, totally fine. I love, I appreciate the AHL very much. It's, it's you know, it's, without the AHL, things wouldn't be as good in the NHL, of course. Um, but no, an entertaining game, nonetheless. Definitely a lot lower scoring than I expected, but that that's that's partially why the Wild won. We, we were able to kind of play our game, a more defensive style Versus last year's more open style, because uh, it's a very talented offense. Like we were kind of like Buffalo last year in a lot of ways, with a with a, with a better record. 
uh, great uh, great goal scoring, but mediocre goaltending, generally speaking. And then this year, the goaltending's been way better. Um, and to uh, Lukanen's credit, he was good at the game. So he was able to kind of sort of match it until we got to the shootout, which is kind of annoying on our side. Like, why couldn't we get it done before that? But, well, it is what it is. We're, we're, uh, we're kind of limited offensively, if you hadn't noticed. Um, again, Julio Ginecto is on pace for almost 70 points this year, so he's definitely living up to his contract. But, like, you cancel out Ryan Hartman, basically, last year's, you know, you could say fluke or, or head fake or whatever you want to call it, which is kind of what it was. It's like a stock market term. Like, hey, wow, look at that. It went way... Oh, come on. <laughs> Jeez, I thought this was going to be a lasting thing. Great. It's like $10. 45 bucks. $8. Oh, you're actually behind where we were last, last time around. Wow, you just got your shirt eaten. So that's kind of what it's like if you bought stock in Ryan Hartman late last season. Holy cow, you're, you're holding the bag, as we like to say. But... This was good. This was good. It's nice to see the Wild play a little more disciplined game. Uh, Dumba continues to stink. Let's just be honest. It's funny how they don't really show turnovers here unless you go to like some kind of advanced stats. Um, take and give. Well, there's a give. But you're not seeing a whole lot there. Yeah, but yeah, take and give, give and take. I, I like that. I like that they have that in there. It's kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, Dumba played better in the Buffalo game generally. The Philadelphia game, he was an absolute mess. But luckily, Marc-Andre Fleury, outstanding in both games. And at the end of the day, that's going to get him the Mike Madonna Award for this week. And he, he also got it for Minnesota Wild Global, most deservedly. Um, Pavel Bennett coming in out of Chechia, which thankfully I do have listeners from Chechia, according to the uh, metrics on Megaphone. Really appreciate that. Uh, really appreciate you. And hello, Chechia. Um, but no, yep, he, he put up the graphic that Marc-Andre Fleury has won the Player of the Week, and absolutely, I, I don't have any disagreement with that. He had a wonderful uh, week, per se. So, I don't know, this take-give thing, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what it's... Nah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone for now. I wanted to look at something. But, and overall, again, Dumba's generally been a mess. Is he the is he the um, James Shepard Award winner for this week? I'm going to probably give it to another guy this time because you can't just go on the same guy and just beat a dead horse over and over and over again and we'll hopefully get a seventh-round pick for him in a trade or we'll just kind of give him away and give somebody else a first-round pick like the Wolves did with Andrew Wiggins and then he goes on and wins an NBA championship and plays way better for another team that I really don't like called the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> um, but enough of that. It's going to go to Sam Steele, Mr. the other friendly ghost on the team who tends to disappear and has really disappeared. I can't remember the last time he's really factored much offensively. Uh, yeah, he, he, he plays a sound game and everything, but he's just not that good. I, I don't know. Um, just There's just not a whole lot to brag about. His, his overall numbers are okay. Eight goals, 14 assists, uh, 22 points. He's a plus 10. I mean, those are nice and everything, but I want to look at, yeah, he last scored a point versus the Arizona Coyotes. And it was an assist, a single assist on January 14th. So he's had six games in a row with absolutely nothing. And he's been a minus three over the course of that time. Now, to be fair, he had a, a three-game spurt where he had four points, where he had three goals, one assist, uh, excuse me, one goal, three assists. So he had some little runs, but yeah, he's been completely invisible, generally speaking. Heck, he had, to, he had a run in November where there was literally nothing. Holy cow, that was even worse. So it's not the first time. I'm sure he'll get back in the uh, 
he'll start factoring in the scoring again, but clearly, clearly not a top six guy. He's not. He's a third line center. He's a third line, maybe even fourth line center, depending on the team. And even if he's a fourth line center, I don't think it's the end of the world for him. He's not going to be pissed off. I think he'd much rather be a fourth line center than be a top line, you know, guy like uh, Nick Patan, who had a hat trick this past week in, in Iowa. I think Nick Patan would much rather be a fourth line player here in Minnesota than in Iowa. So Sam Steele, uh, obviously he's he's an NHL player, sure, but but yeah, he's not the guy some of you may have thought he was. He's just not. Um, Jared Spurgeon had a wonderful goal in the game, no doubt about that. Always appreciate Jules Erickson and what he can do. He's he's awesome. Um, even Spurgeon's on pace for 40 points this year, 40 plus. So that's great, absolutely awesome, uh, and great goaltending by Marc Andre Fleury. With that, we'll take a quick break and come back and preview the upcoming games and look at the prospects as well. Preview and prospect segment is what segment number two is. And, of course, we'll hear from DraftKings in a moment. Uh, we'll be playing the Arizona Coyotes and the Dallas Stars. The Arizona Coyotes, Dallas Stars are going on to a southwest trip, south to southwest trip, which is probably something a lot of us would like, particularly as we head into Friday here. Uh, today it's not super cold, but it's getting there. And then kind of <laughs> overnight it's about to freeze again, like 14 below. So welcome to Thompson, Manitoba which is where uh, Dean Evison's from. He's from. We were pretty used to the cold up there in uh, Thompson, Manitoba. It's pretty cold, you know, so we're kind of used to it. kind of pisses me off sometimes when people complain about the cold. It's kind of stupid. Stupid. Just, just kidding. I had to do that. I really did. <laughs> DraftKings, yes, Super Bowl time. Yay, but they're not going to talk about the Super Bowl, interestingly enough. NBA fans, yep, all right. <laughs> NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers, yep, you know all those AT&T commercials, yeah, <laughs> all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So, yep, it's always enjoyable. It's a lot of fun to kind of, uh, right now, betting on the Timberwolves is a lot of fun, and uh, getting Anthony Edwards, you know, with his wonderful numbers. So, as I've talked about on Timberwolves Explosion nonstop, that's obviously a Timberwolves show, but <laughs> um, it is, yeah, I mean, uh, it's very enjoyable to keep up with that, and to, uh, I mean, Anthony Edwards' numbers have been absolutely great, and Timberwolves are fun to watch lately, so jump to it. Download the app now, that would be the DraftKings app, and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 in the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. So Columbus Blue Jackets fans and Cleveland uh, Cleveland Cavaliers fans and uh, 
Cincinnati Bengals, unfortunately, fans. Yeah, well, it is what it is. It's void in Ohio, so understood. Um, Arizona Coyotes, who are they? Well, they're Clayton Keller's team, I guess. Somebody named Clayton Keller used to have Darcy Kemper, guys like that. You know, it's kind of cool. But I, <laughs> if only they were, weren't a total mess, I would love to play for Arizona. I like that they've gone back to the old logo and the old look. I just, it, it, it's good. It's good. I liked it at the time, and I like it now. Uh, injuries for the Coyotes. Goddess Beer Her. Okay. I expected to miss four to six weeks, according to Craig Molter, uh, Morgan, pardon me, of the Phoenix Sports. Going to miss four to six weeks. Uh, no information regarding that. Maybe a, a sprain or whatever the heck it is. Uh, O'Brien. Liam O'Brien suffered an upper body injury. At least, at least we know if it's on the upper or lower variety. Otherwise, um, he's hurt. He's out 46 weeks. All right. Well, I mean, I, I understand the, I understand to a point in a hockey, it's a chippy sport at times where maybe you, like you broke your finger and guys are going to hack away at your hand when you come back, which is Bush League bull crap. But I mean, I, I don't know. That's sports, I guess, sometimes. Yeah. Oh, like Zach Parisi had a, you know, obviously he was just coming back from back surgery. The guy starts shoving him in the back on purpose. And Parisi's like, what are you doing? You know, like, come on. It's so dumb. Um, but O'Brien suffered an upper body injury Friday, December the 16th against the Islanders in his week to week. So, okay, that sucks. Andrew Ladd, who was out from about 1985 until 2022, uh, was placed on injury reserve as of whenever that was a long time ago, months ago. So I don't know. Andrew Ladd, uh, <laughs> Andrew Ladd. Yeah. I got, yeah. He did start playing in 1985, pretty much Minnesota lead the season series Two to Zilchies, but we've only won by a point, uh, by a goal in each game. Four to three over the Coyotes in XL Energy Center. Four to three by, or two to one. The four to three win was on November 27th after Thanksgiving. And then Saturday, January 14th, very recently, Minnesota Wild beat Arizona in a not very fun game. Two to one, where we were just kind of like playing around. Like, okay, let's see if I can do this. And oh, it didn't go in. Oh, darn. It's like we were trying to be like the Harlem Globetrotters of hockey when we're not even close. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we barely beat them. Um, the next two games will be in Arizona. Enjoy the weather, I hope. Monday, February the 6th, and Sunday, March 12th, we'll finally get freaking hockey again on Monday, February the 6th. So that's always a good thing. Uh -huh. March, Sunday, March 12th. So both weekend-type games coming up in, in Zona. <clears throat> Season series, obviously, Wilder up two to nothing. Arizona uh, and Minnesota comparisons and such. Wilder twenty third in goals. Arizona's thirtieth. Minnesota Wild seventh in goals against Arizona twenty fourth. So they're lower echelon in pretty much uh, major categories here. Power play, the Wilder ninth, ninth place, pretty good. Twenty sixth for the Arizona Coyotes in power play. Fifteenth penalty kill for the Wild. Twenty sixth, so twenty sixth in both special teams and penalty minutes. Holy crap. So 26 seems to be a popular number in Arizona right now. Okay. <laughs> Connor DeWer or something, huh? Um, they're asking for Connor DeWer. Penalty kill, 26. Penalty minutes, 26. And all that cute stuff. Uh, the actual players and all that. Again, Coyotes are 16, 28, and 6. They're better than last year, but that's not saying much. It's really not saying much. Um, and, boy, you get to see a, a, a goaltender with a save percentage of 90.7, which is actually pretty high. Goals against average of 3.19, which is not good. And three shutouts on the season. So he's actually a decent goalie. This uh, Karel 
Vesmelka. I'm probably not Vesmelka. I'm no no chance of pronouncing it correctly. And I'll probably hear from somebody one way or another, like uh, Joey, you got it wrong. Just like uh, Yaroslav Spachek, right? Spach Spachek Spachek, right? Did I say it right this time? I hope. Uh, you know, I was saying it right, and then I went like Spacek and Spachek and you know Spachek. Yes, yes, Spachek Spachek. Connor Ingram, <laughs> pronunciation police. But you know what? In hockey, I think it's good. If if you're if you're a pronunciation police, you are on the right side, I think, because it's. It's good. If, if It's good to actually say it correctly, and it's good to know. And I feel like a dope when I don't. So, you know, just like uh, Clayton Keeler and uh, Nick and uh, Nick uh, Schmeltz, you know, those guys. Okay, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Could you imagine if I butchered those? That'd be pretty embarrassing. Connor Ingram, I think I can get that right. Connor, Connor Ingram, 3-11 on the season, 3.59. <laughs> Save percentage of 90. No shutouts, but uh, yeah, the, uh, the other guy. Let's get to him, though. Mr. V here. <laughs> Mr. Kyrell V. He's actually been a decent goaltender for Arizona, when you think about it. I mean, when you think about what's going on in front of him, he's actually done a good job. 13-17, and 17, four overtime losses and the three shutouts. Uh, undrafted, and he is coming in from the Czech Republic, which is Chechia, right? Which is basically Chechia. So I apologize to Pavel Bennett if you're listening for butchering... Mr. Carell's name. I'm probably not even saying that right. Undrafted, but uh, born in 96, still got something. He's probably he's probably got a shot there. Um, sometimes those undrafted free agents end up being a hell of a lot better than somebody taken in the second or third round. So I'd probably rather have that guy than uh, Hunter Jones right now. But Hunter's a lot younger, so we'll see. Uh, maybe not time to give up on him just yet. Clayton Keller is leading the club in scoring. He's having a better season than last year. 41 points with 18 goals on the year in 50 games. Nick Bukestad with 21 points. Good for him. Um, so, good for Nick Bukestad. Uh, and, and not getting hit in the finger, basically, from uh, Zuccarello getting frustrated, swinging his stick around in practice. So, thank you, Zucks. Right? I'm sure he was not too happy about that. I, I wouldn't be. Uh, Bukestad is tied for third on the team in goals. Which, again, says a lot about the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Bukestad is a nice little player, but... I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's a first-round pick level at this stage of his career. Maybe at the beginning. <laughs> 11 goals, 10 assists, and 50 games, but playing every game. Jacob Shikrin would be a very expensive um, trade possibility for somebody out there. Uh, 25 points in 34 games. He's missed a significant amount of time, but when he's healthy, he's probably the best player on the Arizona Coyotes. Nick Schmaltz, old Schmaltz is old himself, formerly of the Blackhawks. 11 goals and 17 assists for 28 points in 34 games, just like Shikrin. Almost the same numbers, almost. Not quite. Uh, Lawson Kroos, uh, 16 goals, number two on the team, and 28 total points. So good for him. Uh, Shane Gott has been out for a long time, unfortunately. He's obviously one of the better players as well. But unfortunately, he has an injury. Old trade me the heck out of here. I'm a fourth-line player for Arizona. Jack McBain, 50 games, 10 points, 6 goals. So, I don't know, Jack. I don't know. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back. No more, no more, no more, no more. That's pretty much what uh, <laughs> what, uh, Bill Guerin said. Um, I don't know. The, there's no excuse the Wilds should get the job done here. Something like 4-3. to three, I say that at 4-3. to 4-3, three. to three, really? 4-3? to 4-1. to 4-1. to one. Just beat, beat them 4-1. to one. And I like Arizona, but beat them 4-1. to one. That's all I got to tell you. Uh, <laughs> multiple goal game. I'm, I am, I am, 
I am seeing multiple gold games here by, I'm going to pick Matt Boldy to do it again. You know, I forgot that I was actually successful picking Matt Boldy to get two goals against Philadelphia. I'm, yeah, I'm just playing, I'm pretending to be psychic or something, which I'm absolutely not. Uh, no. Um, Matt Boldy, two goals against the Arizona Coyotes in the wild went four to one, four to one. Derek Gustafson, Derek Gustafson, Philip Gustafson, my apologies to the Portland native. <laughs> Philip Gustafson <laughs> is uh, going to only give up one goal. He's going to have a nice return coming back after a little frustration, but he will be back in the net and will only give up a single goal versus the Arizona Coyotes. Multiple goal game by Boldy. Uh, Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars. All right. First place club in the Western Conference and all that. Yeah, great. I don't know. <laughs> They're kind of like the Philadelphia Eagles or something to me, basically, when it comes to the, the NHL. And, you know, a lot of uh, people from St. Louis hate the Cardinals for similar reasons. You know, I stayed a Stars fan for a long time after they moved away. But eventually, once the Wild came around, and, you know, I don't know. It's like, you barely remember they played here before. All I, I just re I remember the North Stars themselves. But I don't think about this team as what they were. Uh, great series, great season series for the most part. The Wild with an epic uh, game, but an epic freaking blown lead but still ended up surviving miraculously in the shootout. 3-2 to two in the shootout, but 6-5 to five overall. Uh, the Wild took a 5-1 lead back on December the 4th, only to watch it disappear and go to a shootout, a freaking shootout, but somehow escape by, by God's grace, basically. 6-5 uh, to five technically in that one. Whew, that was scary and really frustrating. Um, Dallas and Minnesota, again, uh, Dallas beat us pretty good in Excel Energy Center, so the road team has won both games so far. Uh, December 29th during Christmas break, as I like to call it. Um, that was not a good day at all. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, no surprise, managed to get the only goal in the game. No surprise for so many reasons. And obviously the ongoing uh, rivalry with uh, Robertson. So uh, <laughs> it kind of is what it is. Jason Robertson, who's a rising star with Dallas, just like uh, Kaprizov has been a rising star with Minnesota. Um, Ottinger is one of the best goalies in the league. Dallas just kind of put the pounding on us. It's like whatever momentum they had in that 5-1 to one comeback was in full force, I know, a month later. Like, that doesn't make sense, but it kind of felt like it was still there. Dallas dominated the puck and dominated us in that game. Wild only mustered 24 shots on Ottinger and scored once. Wah, frickin' who. So, it's an obviously an important series for Minnesota fans in general. But also, again, you want to make the playoffs. You want to be able to compete against a team like this. So, it is what it is. Talent up and down the place. Ottinger is one of the best goalies in the NHL. And again, coming out of Lakeville, same same place that Neil Nate Dog Thiesing, God rest his soul, came from. 2.26 goals against average. Save percentage of 92.3 and four shutouts on the season. Scott Wedgwood also has managed a shutout. Five total shutouts for the Dallas Stars this season. Great goaltending. They're fourth in the league. Eighth in goals, four, basically. Uh, power plays fourth. Penalty kill is second. Remember when the North Stars used to have the number one penalty kill in the NHL? It was like all the time. It was the last two years or so they were here. They had the best penalty kill in the league. I remember their power play being kind of middle of the road. Penalty minutes their 20th. So interesting there. So, yeah. Um, I did it again, man. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. We're going to talk about how, what the teams have done. Arizona, real quick, they are 2-3 and three in their last five. I did it again, man. 
Jeez. So the two opponents were going to play. <laughs> Arizona, of course, lost the game to Dallas, four to nothing in Dallas. They beat Vegas four to one. Wow. Yeah, Vegas has been struggling and the injuries are mounting again and it's annoying. I don't know. And it looks like they're not. It's not working as great. Both teams that I like, Vegas and Calgary, things aren't going so hot. Five, five, five to two loss to Anaheim. What's up, Arizona? Five, and then a five nothing win. Wow. Versus St. Louis, and a two to one loss to Anaheim. Two losses to the Ducks. What the? It rhymes with duck and starts with F. Yeah, you get the idea. Yeah, you really do. Dallas Stars. Okay, I talked about all the cute statistics and everything. They are two and three in their last five. They won the first two here. Four nothing, four nothing. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Los Angeles, four nothing. Arizona, four nothing. Yep. Buffalo, they lost three to two. Uh, these are home games now. The only road game was the LA game. Uh, Buffalo, three to two loss. Carolina, three to two loss. New Jersey, three to two loss. Eastern Conference teams coming in and getting the job done. Really impressive, actually. Dallas Stars only mustering, you know, two goals a game there during that little stretch. Um, uh, that that homestand versus Buffalo, Carolina, New Jersey. They came in and beat them up a little bit. Good for good for them. <laughs> good for them because I'm not cheering for Dallas at all. Jason Robertson actually is on pace for phenomenal numbers: 33 goals, 33 assists. <laughs> Jeez, 20 plus 26 on the season. He's played in every game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Joel, Joel Bavosky played in every game. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I know. I don't like to see guys get hurt even though I don't want them to beat us. Uh, 14 goals, 30, 4 assists. Ageless wonder. He's on pace for like 78 points or something. 48 total points. He's a plus 31. He's been phenomenal again. Rup Hintz, who had a hat trick against us ugh, in that game where they made that great comeback but lost. <laughs> Thank God. 4 to 6 win, or 46 points anyway for Rup Hintz. He's on pace for good numbers. Miro Heskinen, who was more of a stay-at-home guy, has become an offensive juggernaut, and he's one of the better defensemen in the NHL now. 40 total points. Jamie Benn, 44. He's picked it up after a crappy season last year. Uh, Sagan, kind of okay. He's, he's okay. He's better than last year. Both of those guys were way down, but they're, they're, aged, they're definitely aging now. Um, 34 points. Former Minnesota Wild Watch, of course. I, I think you've heard of him. Ryan Suter with only 13 points in 51 games. Not quite demanding the ice time he once was, where, no, I'm playing, and you better shut your mouth, basically. He basically acted like, uh, he's probably like uh, Travis Kelsey. Oh, know your role and shut your mouth. It's like, uh, no, you shut your mouth. <laughs> You're going to be the one shutting your mouth, and the Eagles kick your butt. Because <laughs> they will. Believe me, they will. The, ch- <laughs> the Chiefs are not winning the Super Bowl. Watch me, watch me eat crow in a couple of weeks, but I don't, I don't know, whatever. I, I, they're not going to beat the, they're not going to beat the Eagles though. <laughs> I'll be very surprised. Um, Ryan Suter again, know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that could come back on you, and it, and it will. It's going to come back on Kelsey. It, it will, and it's going to come back on Suter too, because I'm sure he basically said that to uh, Mike Yo a couple of times, maybe in different, different terms. I don't know. He, maybe it wasn't as do uh, dopey about it is uh, Travis Kelsey. Great tight end, but just a dope. Uh, the Wilds' chances of winning this game are, well, there's always a chance. It's going to be on the road. We actually won on the road last time around. I think the Wilds split. I think they split. So we're going <laughs> to, which again, will it three-game win streak, and then of course it ends with, you know, of course it ends at three. Hope and pray to God that it doesn't start a losing streak. Uh, looking at the future schedule, will it do that? It better not, because I'm going to be pissed. 
enough with the three-game losing streaks, okay? We're never going to win anything if we're going to just go 500. I mean, that's 500 hockey. That's that's dog dookie. Now, Yahoo is doing its thing again where it's not responding to me. Oh, Lord. Don't you love that? I'm not understanding what's happening, but finally got it to go here after getting really mad. Anyhow, the, uh, the Wild will play Vegas on Thursday, New Jersey, on Saturday, Florida. Oh, boy. And Colorado. Ooh, ooh, well, <laughs> giddy up, guys, let's go. I mean, it's go time, as they say in the sports world. It's go time, it is. Dallas, Vegas, New Jersey, Florida, Colorado, Dallas again, Nashville, Nashville LA, Columbus, Toronto, da, da. It's a This is a tough month, very tough month, and welcome to February, since I didn't officially say that. Ooh, yeah, it's go time. I mean, the, the, if you're going to make the playoffs and freaking do something for once, in the playoffs, well, for the first time in several years now. It's, what was the last time? 2015. 2015. Really? Yeah, that's a long time. Um, it's it's go time. It's quite simple. Otherwise, okay, if you're, if you're not good enough to make the playoffs, don't trade away your first-round pick. Just don't do it, please. For the, don't do what Chuck Fletcher did, you know, more than once. And then you wind up with like four players in like second, third, fourth round. Yeah, ooh, we're going to win it all now with these guys. That was a terrible draft, actually. Was it Luke? Uh, that wasn't Luke Conan. It was that other guy, uh, even Ladnia, who didn't do anything. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I think it's a split, though. Dallas wins final score 5-3. to Kirill Kaprizov scores two goals in the game. Yes, I think Boldy and Kaprizov each have multiple goal games, but uh, it's a split. Now that I've babbled way the F too much, oh, I better know my role and shut my mouth, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Why am I getting that in my head now? That was the most obnoxious thing I ever heard. Well, one of the most obnoxious things I've heard lately. Let's just jump right into the prospects. Brock Faber for the number one team in the nation, the Golden Gophers. That's right. Career high in points now, 20. Three goals, 17 assists. couple of assists this past week. Awesome. Actually, he had three points this past week. Uh, 28 games so far. And again, the number one team in the nation. Crushing Michigan uh, State. We split with Michigan the week before, but crushed Michigan State. Impressive. What was it, like a 12-3, to I think, difference? Unbelievable in just two games. So, uh, really exciting. Uh, Ohio State's, what, a top-five team coming in, so it's going to be really interesting. But uh, Brock Faber, go get him done. Go get him done, Captain He's, uh, he's like a super Spurgeon right now for the uh, <laughs> for the uh, Golden Gophers, and hopefully he continues to do so. I'm very, you know, excited about the possibility of that team uh, going all the way, man, and uh, I hope so. Iowa continues to play very well. Yes, Jesper Volstedt is just dominating. He's becoming a fantastic player. Uh, what is he like? <laughs> What is he, like 8-0-0, eight, eight oh oh, right, in his most recent games? He's incredible now. 13-7 and 3 on the season. Save percentage of 91.2. Goals against average 2.59. He's officially the starting goalie now for the Iowa Wild. That's safe to say. Zane McIntyre was so good last year. Very, well, he was really, he was, he was good. I shouldn't say so good. But he was good. Um, goals against average of 3.15. Uh, 9-7 on the year. And a save percentage of 89.4. But the team in front of him hadn't been playing well. Uh, Sam Henches. I still say it's Henches because, well, like, I mean, uh, put it this way. Vice President of Operations at Boston Scientific. Uh, formerly Maple Grove. Now they moved him to Arden Hills or he moved himself. I don't know. Because I think he lives, lives closer to there. Um, <laughs> so I know how to say Henches. It's not Henches. It's Henches. 
They might be related. It's quite possible. Scored his first goal in the AHL this past week. Finally came back after being out forever. So, congratulations, Sam Hentges. In fact, that was just yesterday, actually, uh, in, a, in another win for Iowa. Wallstead did, Wallstead, pardon me, did give up three goals. That's just terrible, but that's okay. <laughs> He's not perfect every time. Uh, Milne continuing to play that gritty style, and uh, you know he's he's gonna he's gonna come around. He's still super young, uh, with seven points in 30 games. Sammy Walker continuing to play. Uh, he had a multi-point game, again 20 goals, 19 assists, 39 points, and deserves to be in the National Hockey League. Eventually, he better be. Poor guy. Uh, Nick Baton, one of the best, <laughs> one of the best juniors and AHL players you'll ever see. Unfortunately, he's quad A when it comes to the NHL. Hat trick, hat trick, hat trick. 25 games and 32 total points. He's been phenomenal at the AHL level at age 27. Coming out of Delta, British Columbia, Nicholas Nick Paton has been wonderful for the Iowa Wild, and he's one of those guys. He's helping them play better, uh, and he's a nice emergency uh, replacement. 14th forward, you could say, for the Minnesota Wild. I'm sorry to say it, but that's pretty much what he is. Um, Joe Hicketts is like an 8th defenseman. You, you, you probably get the drift. I've made enough of a point now. Marco Rossi, now with 8 goals and 18 uh, assists, kind of maintaining that slightly above a point a game average. Uh, Nick Sweeney's been playing significantly better since coming back. Uh, slow start to the season, then was hurt. He was stuck at 14 games forever. Now he's at 29. Uh, he was able to get more points again, nine goals and eight assists. He does play more of a gritty bottom six type of style, but at the AHL level, you expect a little more, at least middle six, if not top top six. You got to think he's top six at the AHL level, but I, well, I don't know. Damon Hunt still stuck at six points, but continuing to mature and grow. Ryan O'Rourke with seven assists <clears throat> in 41 games. Similar thing there, where he's getting, you know, he's just kind of gradually, gradually getting a little better, getting a little better. And kind of like taking his time there. Um, Jeffrey's out for the season. I forget, was it an ACL or something? But yeah, he's out for the season regardless. Um, so that sucks. It's probably something like that, unfortunately. So uh, Adam Beckman is kind of, you know, he's kind of in and out, in and out. He's the second leading goal scorer on the team, but only eight assists. And you know he's got good passing skills. His first initial point was a pretty nice play behind the net, remember? So... That was at the beginning of last season. He's still 21 years of age, coming out of Saskatoon. Saska, yeah, I like that. I love that name. Saskatoon is awesome. <laughs> uh, conversation has been floating around lately that maybe Rossi is just a bottom six guy in the NHL. That he'll have a nice career. He'll play his five, five, six hundred games, whatever, or a thousand games. Who knows? But he's not going to be the elite prospect that people thought. Uh, that could be the case. It could be. as They're just kind of not seeing that special player that we thought we were seeing uh, in the OHL. So it's unfortunate. I hope he's not like Nick Paton. That would be a huge disappointment. Nick Paton was a second-round pick. So not nearly as high expectations as the 43, uh, 43rd overall. He's only 5'9", 175. Again, Delta, British Columbia. But he's a wonderful AHL player. Uh, Rossi, I think he's going to be in the NHL for sure, uh, like a regular in the NHL. But people are talking about maybe, maybe, maybe if you're going to make a trade uh, for somebody significant, that that might be the the, the the key. That maybe trade Rossi before people figure out that maybe he's just a bottom six guy in the NHL. That, uh, I want to believe he's a top six player still. I, I, I truly want to believe that. But I don't know. We'll see. It, it's not there yet. And that's why the Wild are in no rush to bring him up. Unfortunately, but that's what I've been hearing. 
I'm no, I'm not a genius about it. <clears throat> Some of you see more than I do, like with with the way a player skates and the way they. Uh, you know, the react to certain situations and all that. Some some guys, you can just tell right away there's something there, and they're underrated and this and that. So to me, that's Sammy Walker. Um, Sammy Walker, you just, like, almost right away. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 That that's an NHL guy <clears throat> who just should not be stuck where he is, but we have, like, 19 Sam Steeles on the team who are, you know, like, the, well, he's, hey, he deserves to be in the NHL. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, that kind of thing. And then you got Greenway is making $3 million and blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know, Greenway versus Walker, and you know, on Greenway, you know, you, you break up that line, it's never the same again, and uh, I don't know, I'd love to see uh, Sammy Walker with a permanent fixture in the National Hockey League, because I do think things will happen in the positive direction. Uh, let's go to the Euro prospects, if I can. I know, I've got to fight through the 19 ads. Major shout-out, of course, to Hockey Database. Love Hockey Database very much. Um, again, and <laughs> really appreciate everything they do. Liam Ugrin, Ugrin, this is on Elite Prospects for the two Euro guys, so it's just the way that uh, Elite Prospects does these. So I'm going to have to go that direction here. Uh, no disrespect, of course, to Hockey Database, who is my go-to, no doubt. Uh, for the Sweden Under-20 All-International Junior, 4 points, 12 games, 2 goals, 2 assists, 17 points on uh, for Hockey Al-Sveskan, 10 goals, 7 assists now, 17 total points in 30 games for Dujgarden, uh, Gardens. yep, so, <laughs> Hockey Olive Sven, Svenskan, I apologize, I can't do it, I'm sounding more and more like Sid Hartman, and the screen is turning white, don't you love when the screen turns white, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, it's really annoying actually, that's a bad sign, I don't know if it's my internet or something else, but something is, something's not cooking here, and I apologize, Danila, you're off. Only one more on this page because, again, the ads are overwhelming. And I understand you want ads just like you want, just like I want ads on this show. You bet I do. You bet I do. KHL, yep, now he's at 49 games, 11 total points. So, again, just getting started. Don't forget, he's 18 years of age in the KHL. Something you want to put in perspective. He did have 11 points in 10 games for the MHL, which is, I'll say again, for maybe somebody listening to the show and doesn't, pay attention to that too much. Um, that's the AHL of the KHL, if you get the idea. Like, the Russian National Hockey League, basically. That's the KHL of it. The AAA, you know. So, the actual NHL, the main one, the KHL. This is an 18-year-old player with uh, 11 points in 49 games. So, again, at least he's in the professional level already. Uh, uh, you know, guys in the past that have struggled so much that can't even get anywhere. And it's extremely frustrating. They're either in the, they can't do anything in the AHL, and yay, they're like okay in the ECHL. They're pretty much screwed, which is unfortunate. Like you like to root for them, but I don't know. You're, you're kind of like woohoo, you know. <laughs> at the end of the day, um, let's get to the some of those. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be kind of random here. I talked about uh, Sam Henches already, and really appreciate him. Why did I go to this one? But yeah, Hovenov has been struggling mightily, uh, generally speaking. I'm going to look at him real quick, because I know he's overseas. He's not going to play for the Wild, but see, it's just this is an example. Like, I don't think Yurov is Hovenov. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, Hovenov has played only seven games in the KHL throughout his career, and that was two years ago, and didn't have anything. So, put that into perspective. As great as Hovenov was at the junior level, couldn't do much at the pro level, even at the AHL 
only five points in 22 games last season. And in the ECHL, six points in eight games. It's just... And in the VHL, which is like, you know, the, which is probably like the uh, ECHL level for... Uh, it pretty much is. for It's pretty much the ECHL for Russia. Yeah, and it's just average. He's like half a point a game. So, yeah, too bad. God, Hovenov looks so promising for the Monken, Monken Wildcats. Oh, gosh, it hurts because I really liked him. I really did. I liked what I saw. I feel like I'm spinning all over my computer. That's disgusting. What the heck? Ugh. Let's go to Boston College here. Nikita Nestorenko. Yes, he is Russian, but from New York. He's a Russian New Yorker. Boston College. This will ever load. Why did I go here? Oh, I'm done. Go away. Okay, let's go to this one instead. I apologize. I don't want to. I just don't want to have all that scrolling my computer down anymore. Okay, <laughs> hockey database. Thank you very much. Twenty-one points in twenty-four games. Five goals, sixteen assists. Definitely been a playmaker throughout his career, as it shows in his previous years at the Boston College and the Chile, even the Chilliwack Chiefs. He had thirty-six assists. It feels like nineteen years ago I covered him with the BCHL. Nineteen twenty. Wow. So yep, he went to college since then and been okay. Nothing great. Doesn't stand out like he's holy crap. He'll have some moments, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure he'll be in Iowa at some point. Same with Marshall Warren. This is his senior year and only nine points. Only nine points. 24 games, two, two goals, seven assists, and he's a minus three, but Boston College isn't what they were a few years ago when Boldy was still there, when they were definitely a threat to go all the way. Uh, they were good, kind of like the Govers right now. Ah, uh, we talked about those guys. Uh, Adam Beckman already said Hunter Jones in the ECHL. ECHL is hell, unfortunately for him. Ten and seven on the. What am I looking at? He's not ten and seven. One and ten. One ten and seven on the season. Eighty-nine save percentage. Three point two four goals against average for the Iowa Heartlanders, who are just you know it is what it is. There, it's been a rough go. Go like I just said. One ten and seven. That's that is called snake bit. Who's Nadinov? We're all huge fans of his. Obviously has a better future than Hovanov. There's no question about it. And I think he's, I think he will play for the Minnesota Wild someday soon. And he will be one of the better ones. I can imagine him playing with Matt Boldy at some point. Um, maybe Kirill Kaprizov as well. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll be that guy. But, and I bet his numbers will be crazy good. Uh, definitely a playmaker. 23 assists versus 10 goals. 33 total points. In 57 games, and this is in the KHL, which is a not an easy place to play at all. And he's he's definitely looking the part. Nate Benoit, who's been compared to behind the scenes by, to Bryce My, uh, Misley, Misley, right? Who was, you know, unfortunately miserable numbers throughout his college career in ECHL and all that poor guy. I want to look at Bryce Misley super fast. What the heck? Austria, that's what I thought. He went overseas. Yep. Asiago. Asiago Hockey Club, Austria. But I thought Asiago... Okay, never mind. I'm just messing around. 28 points, 5 goals, 23 assists. He's also a playmaking center guy. But yeah, University of Vermont. I mean, purgatory, man. Purgatory. They were a nice team in 2009, but way before Bryce Misley got there. I believe they got to the uh, Misley. They got to the uh, Frozen Four that year. Yeah, what a miserable freaking draft. I mean, the only one that might have a chance is Nick Sweeney, and we're talking like, maybe, you know, and he's a seventh-round pick for that year. It's kind of funny. Um, Fletcher, boy, Fletcher. Whew, that's all I gotta say about that. Uh, we'll continue moving up here. 
Yeah, but Nate Benoit, that was compared to Bryce Misley. Oh, just like, yeah, he'll get a couple points here and there, but he's not going to make it. It's like, a, a, <laughs> it's a straight-up climb for him. It's like trying to climb the IDS with your bare hands. Good luck. Good luck. Four goals, 10 assists, 14 points. Career highs, career highs. Career highs in penalty minutes and a career low with a minus 23 for the sappy and crappy Omaha Lancers. Unfortunately, cool name, but they're not real good. Uh, Jesper Volstedt. Uh, Carson Lambos had, what, five assists in like a like a two-game stretch, I believe. He had a four-assist game. He's been really good, actually. Um, still less than a point a game, but, well, he's a defenseman. I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, almost Brent Burns-like numbers one way or another. Seven goals, 28 assists now, 35 points. He's definitely caught up to where he would like to be. He's actually ahead of last year's pace, so good for him. He's officially ahead of last year's pace when he was behind forever, and, of course, he missed a bunch of games and all that. But now 35 points in 37 games. And he's a plus 35 versus last year's plus 42. So kind of catching up to where he was. And a little bit ahead in some ways. Jack Pert of the uh, team that was formerly the number one team in the uh, in college hockey, but still way up there. Might end up playing against the Gophers in the NCAA tournaments, Frozen Four or something like that, depending on how things pair up. Uh, two goals, 18 assists now. He's now gone from 17 to 20 points. Congratulations, Jack Perk. Career high in his sophomore year. Uh, again, a power play quarterback. He's a plus 14, and St. Cloud is way better than they were last year. And watch out. Watch out. Maybe they'll be back in that championship game again versus us. Wouldn't that be something? Caden Benkier, the guy who made the giant leap forward. No, no, he's not. That's the other guy. <laughs> that's another guy. That's, uh, yeah, that's Kyle Masters, part of me. Ben has actually been better, though. He's definitely well ahead of last year's pace, and I keep talking about that. This is just junior hockey, but a guy with some size, six foot two center. It's good. Good to see. Uh, he's a goal-scoring center, too. He's not just assists, like like five goals, and, or like, you know, like 11 goals and 40 assists. Uh, 22 goals and 24 assists. What do you think of that? So 46 points in 33 games, way over a point a game. It's just the WHL, but... Look, look forward to see what he can do at the AHL level, because that's coming very soon. Kyle Masters, again, who took behemoth steps forward. Point-a-game defenseman now. Unbelievable. Eight goals, 35 assists, and he's a plus 20. Uh, nope, plus 10. Plus 10 on the season. Uh, 43 games, 43 points overall. Again, gigantic step forward. Edmonton, Alberta shoots from the right side. Great, great uh, step forward there. Josh Pilaro continues to be mediocre, and now he's out again. I don't think he makes the NHL. That's just all i got to say there. 12 points, 12 games. So, it's too bad. Uh, we talked about Ugrin, Hunter Hate, Mr. Hate, who's been dominating the Saginaw Spirit. Again, <laughs> I always talk about the three games, eight points. That was awesome. And it, it's kept him ahead of uh, a point-a-game pace. He's a center. He's only 18 years old. He's awesome. I uh, love what he can do. 12 goals, 17 assists. He's a playmaker. He uh, versus a minus 14 earlier in the year with the Barry Colts. Uh, he's he's at an even zero now. He's even. <laughs> he's he's at par basically. If you want to get to talk golf, I guess. 26 points in 21 games. Again, step forward from earlier in the season, and he's just a, like a youngster here. Um, Regular Lorenz now at eight points in 25 games, two goals, six assists. He had 85 points for the uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League last year. Okotoks Oilers. Awesome name. Awesome name. Okotoks Oilers. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. He dominated that team. Uh, he dominated that league, though. It's 85 and 60. But at the college level, we'll see. Just a freshman. He's a left winger. Basically fourth line right now for them. But we'll see. Let him develop. 
Milne, we talked about him. Ryan Healy, he's playing for Harvard. And, yep, he had missed a significant amount of time, and now he's been playing. He, yep, he's went from five to seven points the last couple of weeks. So just kind of gradual right shot defense and kind of gradual growth there. And he's just a freshman. So coming in out of Chicago, and he's playing for Harvard. So he wants to be like Ben Matlock. David Spachik. Yeah? Come on, nobody's clapping? Oh, gee, thanks. Thanks for the encouragement. I, I'm just kidding. Nobody's here to clap. Maybe you're clapping off the mic. <laughs> well, he's been a little quiet, unfortunately. He's been a lot quieter, but it's okay. I don't expect David Spachik to score 100 points, in, even in the queue. I don't think he's going to get 100 points or anything. Um, and even if he did, that doesn't mean he's going to be a great uh, player at the next level because Hovenov had 99 points. And after that, he, well, he, uh, his whole game sucked. His offense sucked, and his defense sucked. So, he might as well go to Thompson, Manitoba, you know, because that, that's how cold his game has been. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> Searbrook Phoenix, Brooke, Searbrook Phoenix, Quebec, major, junior, hockey league. You know I love saying that. Um, Spacek, though, um, he's, you could say he's slightly behind last year's pace now, if you do the math. Slightly, like a fraction. Um, last year's postseason, yeah, I mean, awesome. 13 points in 11 games. That is great. Great. So hopefully he's the kind of guy that actually steps up in the playoffs because we've been lacking that in this town with every damn team since God knows. Outside of Kirby Puckett, uh, you know, and like Jack Morris and Frank Viola for the Minnesota Twins. So many guys. Even Ken Herbeck batted like 143 or something in the World Series, didn't he? In the, in the second one. The first one... Yeah, Ken Herbeck was a little better. Just a little bit. That that grand slam in Game 6 helped a little bit. Just a touch. It actually buried the <laughs> St. Louis Cardinals. And it's like, hell yes, we're going to Game 7. You know, we don't need any dra- dramatic home run from Puckett until 91 in Game 6 that year. <laughs> but Puckett did have four runs scored in that game. He was all over the place. He had four hits in that game, if I remember correctly. Spachek, though, again, yep, hopefully he becomes a good playoff player for Minnesota if he does make our team someday. Um, we'll see, but cooling off a bit, unfortunately. 30 points in 37 games. Long story longer. Servak Petrovsky, am I saying that one correctly? I hope. He's a center, so you expect more offense. 38 points in 39 games, slightly ahead of ahead of last year's pace, but not way ahead, but certainly a guy who played well against, uh, you know, Played well in the juniors, so we really appreciate it. Both Spachik and Petrovsky played very well. These guys actually looked more promising than any of the other prospects in that uh, World World Junior Championship, so we really appreciated what they could do. 18 goals, 20 assists in 38 games, 39 games, so one, one point less than a point a game, and he's a plus 10. That should wrap up the uh, prospect section, but again, Iowa's playing so much better. Yes, Jesper Volstead, who's actually, as I'm doing my Secret of Evermore game review for video game flashback, uh, Jesper Volstead is one of the characters, and uh, guess who the other character is? Philip Gustafson. When I play Secret of Evermore, I tend to call the two characters Minnesota Wild player names. This year, I went with goalies. I wanted to have Marc-Andre Fleury in there, but it just his name didn't quite fit, and I didn't want to screw around with it and make it look dumb. So <laughs> all, all three of the goalies have long names of their last name, so, uh, where Marc-Andre Fleury, it's three short names, but for some reason it didn't fit. Damn it. Anyhow, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction and hear from Raycon for the first time on this show.
And we are back here on Brave the Wild. We are going to jump into our first uh, Raycon ad here. So thank you, Raycon. And I do use them, and I can vouch for it. They are good. They are very good. They cancel out sound and all that. So and But they don't cancel out too much where you can't hear anything. You know, and that can be really annoying for people. So, yeah, they're actually good. So I'm vouching for them right here, right now. As for the actual ad, this time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. That's for sure. So examples like, yep, I mean, I'm hoping to make a big change. I'd like to have a different, I'd like to have a different job where I work. I'd like to move up one way or another. I do not want to be stuck in the same exact field that I'm in right now. So I'd like to at least, even if it's in the same building, but uh, same job, but or same company, but you know, more of a support staff job than what I'm currently in. I'll leave it at that. Anyhow, I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make big deal to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. And I do have Raycons. <laughs> I'm not making it up at all. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. So, yep, I mean... Uh, I like using them quite a bit. I, I do, uh, I, <laughs> again, they cancel out noise if you're in a noisy room. You can, and the, the, the sound quality is good. It doesn't have that <laughs> crap that uh, some, of the, some of the cheap crap out there has. Uh, you know, so obviously, it's <laughs> you know, obviously you want something with decent quality out there. You don't want to spend like 20 bucks on earbuds. You're going to be disappointed. But with these, you don't have to spend like, a, you know, 150 either. So... <laughs> <laughs> yep so it's it's really it's really true so anyhow whether you're looking for a and, and yes they do work for phone conversations as well they work for phone conversations perfectly well in fact <laughs> funny how uh, i might have a different brand that's very expensive and through half of the time the person can't hear me talking so and the raycons work better and i'm not making this up anyhow whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds which is what i have low latency gaming headphones <laughs> or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party. <laughs> Raycon's got you covered and the battery power is really good. Yup, Raycon start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Again, um, yep, I, I have the regular everyday earbuds. I have the blue ones and yes, I and I, I got this on my own. I didn't get this because Raycon told me to or or whatever. I, I got them on my own in the past. So this is, uh, I'm not making it up. Um, even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, which is, that's really nice. Every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's absolutely great. And... Uh, obviously, again, um, there's there's uh, wonderful features, customizable uh, sound profiles, earbud tap functions. Yep, love that where you can pause something immediately. Noise isolation. That, that's a big deal. So stuff like that. Crystal clear call quality like I just talked about. So I kind of jumped ahead. Uh, water and sweat resistant as well. So very, very cool. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? And that's the idea. You want it small. You don't want it big and huge and looking all, yeah. Earbuds are supposed to be small. <laughs> Ready to buy something small with a big impact? 
Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get a fifteen to get fifteen percent off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score fifteen percent off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Yep, this time there is no disclaimer. So because it's not gambling, but wonderful. And I mean I'm I'm <laughs> Very happy to know that they're uh, our sponsor because I like I like their product. Let's open up the uh, fan interaction segment with Derek Felska. This is actually a, a, a direct message on Twitter. Otherwise, it's at Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild, and you want to hashtag BDWMN so I can have everything organized. But this is a direct message, so it's totally fine. And I stupidly didn't even see it. Uh, we'd been talking. And then I always get, you know, something comes up and I start working on something. And then I blank and I, uh, so I, I apologize that I wasn't interacting here. Derek says, and this is a really good tag. That's why I'm reading it here. A really interesting conversation. The interesting dark horse is Vladislav Firstov. He bolted, and I noticed how I didn't mention him. <laughs> he bolted for the KHL instead of playing in Iowa. He has done okay over there. Does the team cut him loose or do they forgive him because he's Russian? Or does he get the Manel treatment and it's like we don't care anymore? He might get the Manel treatment. I wouldn't be surprised. That's kind of been Garen's way so far. But maybe it depends on just how much Garen values Vladislav first off at the end of the day. Um, the way he bolts it is probably not a good thing, though. I don't think that's going to go well around here. So I'm leaning that direction. But I don't know. Um, how is he doing in the KHL? Not that great. Uh, 18 points in 37 games. But yeah, and he's 21. So I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, nah, he, he wasn't that great in college either. I'm thinking they're going to move on, in my opinion. He's, he's been okay. Uh, he's, he's an interesting dark horse, no doubt, but uh, I'm kind of leaning towards which, uh, I'm leaning towards the latter, though, when you said, like, he's going to get the Manel treatment? Probably. Um, like Brennan Manel, who I was such a fan of, and then, yeah, doggone it. And he, unfortunately, things have not turned out so great for him either. So, <clears throat> odds are, that's how it's headed. A lot of notifications, but we'll maybe dig into that at the end here just to make sure I don't miss anything. Usually, people help me out though, and I really appreciate those of you that have. What the heck? Okay. Yep, I was talking about these. Why is this there? Uh, okay. Oh, probably because I was really late. Yeah, I'd forgotten to post it, I think, earlier in the day. Stupid. So, my apologies. Yep, I was saying these uniforms. These are the uniforms I want these two teams to wear. That's when we were playing the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday. Um, yeah, that's really weird. I must have forgot to post that or something. I think I did, and that's why I was like, that's a late post. Uh, it's the Wild wearing those North Star uh, retro, re reverse, whatever, reverse retro, and Buffalo wearing their actual like, Buffalo uniforms. Um, I don't think I got a response, did I? I did. I better look at it. What happened? Scott Forner says, just, a God, just as God intended it. And then I got a completely different response from Pam saying, no! Okay, I guess you don't like him. That sucks. <laughs> uh, okay, can we move now? Sorry, this thing's not moving. Yep, does the break. Bored with the break and want to talk Minnesota Wild. Ask Brave the Wild and tag it. BTWMN and ask as many questions, comments. As you'd like, please retreat. So, Derek says, did you like it when the players picked their teams for the All-Star game rather than having them separated by conference or division? Or is it lame no matter what they do? Maybe it's a little better. Maybe it's a little better having them kind of mixed up. Because then you get like, a, yeah, you get to play with people you wouldn't normally 
be around all the time. At the same time, it's relatively lame as well. All-Star games are kind of generally lame, unfortunately. So, but maybe, yeah, I think it's a slight improvement in a way, like the NBA does that, and that seems to have helped them a little bit. The NBA All-Star game seems to be a little better than before. People have actually kind of liked it more than they thought, so that's one thing to look at. I, I think it's a slight improvement, bottom line. Derek says, if the Minnesota Wild were 1980s slash 90s box art for a video game, which one would they be? Box art for a video game. The, the current Wild team, or, yeah, yeah, I'm guessing that's what you meant. Yep, um, or generally. Mm. Breakthrough, no. An 80s or 90s box art, huh? I keep coming up with Mega Man because for me, hockey and Mega Man are like, yeah, I mean, you got the helmet, you got that same look. Hockey players, uh, like Mega Man looks like a hockey player. He's even got the, the breezer look, you know. So it even looks like a breezer, but it's smaller. Yeah, but it still he still looks like a hockey player the way he's constructed, we'll say. Um, so it's got to be Mega Man. <sighs> Mega Man 4. 3. 3. Mega Man 3, I'll say. Maybe, yeah. I, I, I Yeah, it can't be 2. It's not 2. It looks too... It looks, it doesn't look right to me uh, sometimes, even though it's a beautiful box art. Um, I'll say Mega Man 3 for now. That's kind of what I'm, I'm uh, leaning towards when it comes to that. 4 is a little bit uh, little bit out there. So Mega Man 3. Hope you don't mind that one, huh? <laughs> Derek says, uh, should the NHL get rid of the All-Star game? I realize a lot of it is probably done to give perks to advertisers. But is it a good idea to hold the season for a week or no, or, uh, a week or longer for it? I'd rather not have the Stanley Cup playoffs in June. What do you think? Yeah, like the playoffs, the finals in June, but not the playoffs. I agree. I agree. I think it's a little bit on the lame side, where maybe you don't need so much time off either. That's part of it. Like how they kind of drag it out. I mean, they start before the NBA for Pete's sake. So I don't know. I don't like that it drags too far either. It's kind of silly. And I know it's advertising, 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 advertising. And heck, even podcasting is advertising. I mean, I'm, I'm finally actually making a little bit of money for the first time in my life doing a podcast. So it's kind of cool doing podcasts, plural. Um, I agree with that. That is kind of, yeah, it's kind of, it, it drags out too much. So, yep, I do agree. Next. Uh, the Derek Felska lightning round says, even though the Minnesota Wild currently sit in third place in the Central Division, should the Wild be in a sell mode? Because we know we have more painful decisions with the cap, and this way we can deal with it now, add more future assets and draft picks. I think so, yeah. I, I think so. Um, unfortunately, Bill Guerin might not look, look at it that way, but I also don't think that uh, Guerin is going to go all in. I don't think Bill Guerin's going to go all in and uh, trade away certain people. The only way he trades away Rossi is if it's a really, really, really legitimate player that we can keep, I think. But people like uh, Jesse Pierce on, uh, you know, when she's joined um, Judd's Hockey Show has said basically, yeah, you know, maybe get rid of him, Rossi, before other people find out he's like a bottom six. I hope he's not a bottom six, but maybe... Stephen Miller responds saying the Wild cannot afford to keep Greenway. Which prospects or picks do we put up with him to get a first round pick this year or next? Yeah, because they talk about how the first round this year is just stacked. I mean, we've we've heard that before. Like the Rossi draft, we heard about how stacked it is, and maybe all of us were fooled with that one, particularly with the certain the particular guy we took. So, 
it's hard to say. I think it's wonderful to get great prospects, but the other side of it is a lot of them aren't as good as we think. Uh, Charlie Coyle was looked on to be a, a captain and a, and a great player. Charlie Coyle was not a great player. So, and Rossi, I don't know either. Uh, it's freaking unfortunate. But at the same time, <laughs> Jordan Greenway was a guy a lot of us thought we liked. And he hasn't been either. So it just goes on and on. The list goes on and on. It's kind of like, what can you say? What can you do? I'm sorry, I had to change the channel. I was tired of looking at something. Yeah, ugh. You know, um, I, I do think it's, I, I do think uh, we're going to be getting rid of certain players that we can't keep. That's what I do think is going to happen. It might drag into the summer, but that could be where it's heading. But one way or another, like Dumba's not going to be back. Greenway, I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded, and I wouldn't be surprised if Hartman's gone somehow, some way as well, even though he's a quote-unquote bargain at his price. But yeah, but it's like, I don't think he is a bargain anymore. That's the funny part. You could come back. You could legitimately come back and say he's not a bargain. He's getting paid about what you'd expect, and he's kind of—I don't know—he's kind of in the way of, of possible guys like a like a Sammy Walker. Derek Felska lightning round continues, which is a wonderful thing. Who do you think won the New York Islanders trade for Bo Horvat? The Vancouver Canucks, the New York Islanders, or or Bo Horvat? <laughs> Bo Horvat won it for sure, going to the New York Islanders. <laughs> yep, the Islanders—it's a good organization, as they say. Uh, the Canucks, I don't think they know what they're doing. So I, I'm going to go with the Islanders and Bo Horvat, Bo, Bo Horvat. I think Horvat is probably the major winner there, generally speaking. And I don't like to rip on the Canucks or any other teams necessarily, but it's not been good. It's It's been a damn mess there. I think Bo Horvat wins that. Yeah, so that's the short answer. Uh, and the Islanders have a chance to do something. They gave up a, a decent amount what is it, like one of the prospects is a guy that has a real chance but maybe hasn't really shown it yet, that type of thing, kind of like Rossi in a way. It'd be kind of like Rossi would have to be included in something like that. But um, it's, I think Horvat though, yeah, generally speaking, wins that one. What is your definition of a prospect? Derek Felska, lightning round. What is your definition of a prospect? Is it a player that simply isn't with the Wild currently or something else? I'd be interested to hear how you you would define this because I think a lot of people have different uh, paradigms paradigms of it. Um, I hope I pronounced that word right. Yeah, because I I know that word. Um, but I've, paradigms of it. Um, I would define it as somebody that has a chance to be valuable, a valuable piece to the organization. Um, generally, again, it's a player that is. A younger player, and yes, I think it's a player that could be on the roster as well. A player that hasn't reached his potential yet. A player that, you know, has a ceiling. That has a, a ceiling that, again, that, that hopefully is significantly higher than, you know, somebody that's just going to be stuck in the minor leagues forever. Uh, to me, a prospect, again, is a player that, yeah, it's a player that either, either is with or isn't with the team yet. They're uh, of a young age where they have a possible future that hopefully can be better than the current players on the roster. At least some of them, some of them could be a an upgrade at a position. Sometimes, again, it's a lower-ranking prospect, but generally speaking, it's a player that's younger that you feel could become something in the future. Could become something in the future. That's how I see a prospect. That's kind of a long, long story. Long story longer. Pardon me, I'm kind of moving back here. My knees were getting a little, <laughs> with the way I'm sitting here, I apologize. I have to 
let them breathe a little bit. Okay, so here comes Marco Rossi. Did you know Marco Rossi's name is pronounced Marco Rossi? I guess I didn't. It makes sense, though. Marco Rossi. So, but I, I do know he owns Marco's Pizzas, right? Yeah, you know he does. Okay, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Marco's Pizza? No, he, he doesn't, actually. Uh, what player's name is the most difficult to pronounce correctly? <laughs> with with the Wild or otherwise? Uh, David Smashik. No, not that one. Probably that guy. <laughs> Probably... The player on the, um, oh, there's there's tough ones all over that. Zibnijad, I think I've mispronounced that about a million times. I'm probably mispronouncing it right now. Um, but that player on Arizona that I talked about earlier, that's got to be way up there. Maybe it's real easy, but uh, Karel V. Let's just say Karel Vemelka. Vemelka. Did I pronounce it correctly? I don't know, but I'd say that's a tough one, just kind of looking at it. Uh, Gottes Beher, that's a tough one. They have a couple of toughies. Bukestad, <laughs> you know, that one would have been tough if you, if I didn't hear his name. It, it sounds easy when you see it. Um, Veli Mackey, that's not hard, I don't think. Shikrin. Yeah, but no, I'm going to go with the Arizona goalie, though. Yeah, that one's tough. Um, that's up there. With Minnesota, probably Jesper Volstead is, is way up the list because um, you're not thinking that. Let us love first off. You can just kind of sound that one out. Ryan O'Rourke, are you kidding me? Of course, that's an easy one. Nestorenko, you can even sound that one out. It might look tough, but it's easy. Nikita Nestorenko. Matt Vyguskov. Adam Beckman, yeah, no kidding. Hunter Jones, that one's really hard. Who's uh, Nadinov is, is up there a little bit because people don't realize the K is silent. Marco Rossi. Marco Rossi. Marco Rossi, Liam Ugrin, Daniela Yurov, Hunter Haidt, Spachek. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think it's Spachek, but I, I guess, like, when you look at it, like, certain, yeah, like, guys from that part of the world. Yeah, I mean, I can see the accent in it now. Spachek. It's not Spacek. So, <laughs> David Spacek. He's Space K. You know, like SpaceX, he's Space K, okay? That's, that's how you pronounce it. No, Spachek. I can see that. Or in the past, maybe I wouldn't have got it right away. Or you just kind of get used to being around. Uh, uh, Hovanov, that's... Uh, is, uh, I know there's been some tough ones in the past. Duhaim isn't the easiest. Like, you might think of Duham, Duhaim, you know. That one's a little, on the little slightly tougher side. Joel instead of, you know, Jewel instead of Joel. Okay. But, again, I'm going to go with the uh, Arizona goalie. As for Minnesota, Jesper Volstead, because... You look at it, it looks like Jesper Wallstedt. Like, that, that, that's easy, but it's actually quite different. Jesper Wallstedt. Vol, Vol, Stett. So, that was fun. Thank you. That was a good one, actually. Those were a couple of amazing questions, actually. That was good. <laughs> that really was. <laughs> I'm not kidding, either. Uh, Derek says, who is the best GM in the NHL right now? He's asking the big questions today, isn't he? <laughs> who is the worst? Bill Guerin, definitely. No, I'm kidding. Who's the best GM in the NHL right now? That would be, we'll see. Who's the worst? I have a pretty good idea there. Shouldn't we be trying to trade with the worst GM right now? I think the worst GM in the NHL is, I hate to say it, but it's, yeah, it's recency biased and all that. I probably am just kind of talking out of my somewhere, you know what I mean? Chuck Fletcher, I think, is the worst GM in the NHL. When you consider where Philadelphia was headed when he came. And like, oh, look at Philly. Chuck Fletcher's doing a great job. Chuck Fletcher didn't do anything. He did absolutely nothing. And that team looks like 
dog dookie now. They looked awesome right as uh, Ron Hextall exited. They were, they were, you know, they had a frustrating season that year. And then immediately the next year, it was like, whoop, and those were all Ron Hextall's prospects. Yes, a prospect, a prospect, like young guys and such, like Carter Hart and all that. And then um, Chuck Fletcher goes in there, and it's dog dookie ever since. Uh, and then you bring in Mr. Tough Guy, and they're they're a game under 500. Ugh, let's go, bleepity bleep. You know they bring in Mr. Tough Guy, John Tortorella, who's probably coaching his last his last stint in the NHL. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, and I think Fletcher is GMing his last stint in the NHL. He'll probably be an alternate or assistant or GM whatever somewhere alternate, or uh, uh, you know he was a good assistant GM with Pittsburgh. But um, yeah, Fletcher's the worst. Now that I've babbled for for 15 minutes about that. The best, I'd like to say Bill Guerin, but uh, Dallas, I think Dallas has done an amazing job. I don't like the Stars, but they've done an amazing job. I'm going to go with the, I hate to say it, New York Rangers. Oh, my my aching something. I don't know. The the New York Rangers general manager. um, And that would be Chris Drury. Um, Again, this is kind of a gun to the head quick thing, but I mean, it's hard to go against uh, Chris Drury. And the New York Rangers, it really is. Uh, they've built a wonderful, they've built a wonderful team with a uh, that could win a Stanley Cup. They could win multiple Stanley Cups. It's some of it's luck getting that really high draft pick and such. But at the same time, I mean, <laughs> you know, at the same time, they've done a, they've done a good job. They put together a nice team, and despite losing certain guys and and then turning around and acquiring certain players. I think they've done a, uh, a wonderful job. They built a great organization and organization. And uh, I think he's probably the best. Otherwise, Boston's way up there. New Jersey, Boston, New Jersey, those are two. Um, you know, now I'm... Uh, I would have said Steve Eiserman in a, with a bullet if he was still with Tampa. Because, it. Uh, see, now I'm going all over the place. And I'm going to make you... I'm going to just bore people with this. It's Chris. It's a combination, either Chris Drury or Steve Eiserman, with what obviously what he did with Tampa. It's just unbelievable. Uh, three straight Stanley Cup Finals. They're still a team that could win the Cup this year. There's no doubt that Tampa could win the Stanley Cup this year, and e- even Detroit, the way they've kind of risen from the dead. They're actually above 500. Uh, unfortunately, they're still seven games out of the playoffs, but it's a log jam, just like it is in the the Western Conference. Uh, Detroit only seven games, seven points out. Pardon me. Uh, behind the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, yeah, they played back-to-back cup finals. Pretty cool. When Detroit was still a Western Conference club, which I think they belong in the East, and that's totally fine. Even though it was a great division rival for many years for the North Stars. That was kind of cool. Um, it was. We actually used to beat them once in a while back in those days. No? <laughs> uh, when they were, even though they were still okay. <clears throat> um but, yeah, I mean, it's between Eiserman and Drury. I think those are the two best. Bill Guerin, I think, is top five, though. I think he's top five. Some people might think he's overrated a little bit. I think Bill Guerin's top five. Um, I do. I, I like what uh, what um, Ron Francis is doing with Seattle so far. They look pretty dangerous. They're, they're only three points behind Dallas. And, of course, the Stars GM has done a great job. They, 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 they really have. Even though they've lost three in a row, they're still the top team in the West. Edmonton's actually looking good for once, so watch out for them. They look really look tough right now, um, but it helps having Connor McDavid. You know, it doesn't take the greatest GM in the world to say, first pick in the NHL draft is Connor McDavid. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. 
<laughs> so with that said, now that I've made that way too long, I apologize. But um, between it's between Drury and Iserman, depending on how you look at it. Brian Herrera says, with the Civil War going on about wild colors, why not just get sponsored by Mountain Dew and combine the colors? Look at you. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny, though. Maybe. Derek Feltzer says, no, it's not fair to Mountain Dew. Ouch. And then Brian Herrera responds with, do the do. And I still remember hearing about Mr. Dew. Do you want to do the do? Yeah, Mr. Dew. I, I think I talked about that on Brave the Wild. I talked about Mr. Dew, didn't I? And I, was, I, I brought the little Coleco cartridge over. So I'm going to do it again. Yeah, because I'm a super nerd, right? <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Would you believe I have a Pepper 2 manual? Pepper 2 is a, you know, one of the Coleco games, ColecoVision games. The manual's in perfect condition. It's 40 years old, 1983. Here's Dew, Dew, I'm just kind of tapping it. Mr. Dew, this is a ColecoVision cartridge, 1983. So since you said do the do, I'm doing the do right here. Boink, boink there. Sorry, that was probably really loud. That was a ColecoVision cartridge knocking on the uh, microphone. Apologize if it was loud. That concludes fan interaction as I know it. I better get going anyway. Oh, I better. Steve Snyder says, I think the number 13 experiment with 97 and 96 may be past expiration date. <laughs> Agree with you 100%. Wow, this is a couple of people jumping in at the, at the end here. Um, holy cow. Hmm. There's a lot in here. I'm going to make sure. I apologize. And I want to mention the people that retweeted. Uh, Wild Brazil retweeted the, the board with, uh, you know, the break thing. Um, where is all the retweets? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Tom Hayen also retweeted that. Thank you to get the word out there. I want to get the retweet of the most recent episode to say thank you for you guys that did. I can't find it. I can't find it. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens, though. There's so much interaction here. Um, wouldn't mind the team doing something this with the logo. That's kind of, yeah, but these are conversations. They're not really show-related. Just my Twitter happens to be attached to it. That's what I, I try to avoid those if I can. They're cool to read while I'm, you know, going through the week. But, yeah, I'm not going to read all those on the show. Or that's going to be like a 10-hour segment here. So, <laughs> Um, there were a couple here. Steve Snyder, yep, he was talking about how basically Sam Steele's expired, yep. And I agree with that, because yep, that's why he got the uh, Shepherd Memorial this week. Stephen Miller, yep, I read that one about the Greenway. Alicia Townsville says, I don't believe we'll get a second round pick in uh, 2023. We'll, we'll get a second 2023 first round pick. Unless we part ways with Rossi, Addison, or even Jesper Volstead. And we know Bill Guerin isn't stupid well, with Greenway. If Dumba can be like, yeah, because we're not going to get a first-round pick from Greenway, no. If Dumba can be like uh, Risto, that's another name that's hard to pronounce, Risto Lennon, Risto Lennon and fetch a 2023 first, Guerin. Yep, uh, great job, Guerin, <laughs> basically. Mm, six months until Bengals training camp followed me, huh? Go Bengals. Yep, I wish they won, but they didn't, unfortunately. Kev and Girl, a couple of responses to uh, Steve Snyder, and this will wrap it up. I think it's time to uh, time to give Rossi another look. Then I'd go with 97-13-36 and 12-23-89. 
or 38. Yep, that's between Hartman. Hartman or Goudreau is like a like a, a pick em, but have Rossi with Boldy. I like that, KFN girl. I really do. Uh, then she says, uh, that's Jody Halvey. I'd try and trade Greenway and Dumba for sure, but hopefully be replaced by a better skill like Faber. Yes, yes. Yep, that's where Dumba's gone. It's because Brock Faber playing for the hopeful national champion Gophers. Uh, Faber is better than Dumba and Shaw. And Dumba Shaw and then DeHame is better than Greenway. I agree with both of those states uh, statements, actually. I think DeHame is going to have a, probably going to be better long-term than Greenway, but maybe not everybody agrees, but that's okay. That's what we're here for. Yeah, and that's when Steve said he thinks the experiment with uh, 13 is past expiration date. I do agree with that. Anybody that uh, is ready to move on with um, Steele, I think it's okay. Yeah, so so uh, Jody apparently wants to keep Steele right where he is. Uh, we'll see. Um, otherwise, Rossi with Boldy, I think that's the one thing that could really help. Maybe that there it is, where Rossi, you're going to start to see change. You know, I think they need to do that, actually, very soon. And we can find out what really happened. With all that said, thank you all so very much for your interaction with the show. It ended up being way longer than I expected. Wow, a lot of conversation on me babbling my butt off, and I apologize. So I better shut up here pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> the shout-outs are going to go to Minnesota Wild Global, Minnesota Wild Nation. Thank you, every one of you, so much. <clears throat> Patrick Turner with Minnesota Wild Nation, Florida. Florida is the number one state, I believe, listening to the Minnesota, uh, listening to this show right now, which is unbelievable. I can't believe it. So thank you, Patrick Turner, if you have something to do with that. Thank you. That is really cool. So thank you, Florida. I love you very much. And Brave the Wild's growing really nicely. Um, a following in Florida. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, Scott Cavendish, Kathy Maine, Michael Fick, and others, uh, Chad Walski. Of course, Pavel Bennett, Merrick Skyball, guys like that coming in from um, MN Young Guns, Minnesota Wild Young Guns, and MNW Prospects. Really appreciate you very much. Uh, we keep up with the prospects and such. So with that, thank all of you very much. Again, sorry if this is a little on the long side, and I, I, I need to get going myself. So <laughs> hope all of you have a wonderful week. Enjoy the All-Star Game if you watch it, or... Uh, go for a walk outside or something and <laughs> hope for some good hockey coming up this upcoming week where the Wild hopefully stop with a, a three up, three down nonsense and play above 500. Otherwise, we'll see what happens with uh, as the trade deadline gets closer and closer. 